One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, well, we are moving into, uh, what is this, week six of our series? And, um, you know, you guys are at a stage where we have a lot of people asking a lot of questions about why didn't I know this before, or why am I feeling this, why I've been in church my whole life, I haven't experienced something like this right? And that's normal. Um, When you enter into a prophetic environment, you get awakened prophetically. Um, The whole essence of the prophetic is about hearing the voice, the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus came, right? To pour out the Holy Spirit that you would walk with him in the supernatural, that you're not a mere man, but but you are supernatural, right? So um, we're going to talk tonight about this unveiling process of you truly stepping into what you really are in Christ. A lot of people sit in church their whole life and don't know who and what they're supposed to do, who they are and what they're supposed to do, right? You see, when I look at a body, when I look at a group of people, I see people who are clothed in the supernatural anointing, people who can hear the voice of the Lord, people who are called to go places, called to uh, lay hands on the sick, and see them get up out of wheelchairs, called to go and uh, prophesy over people, awaken them to what their true identity is, to do things that is not normal, okay? And that's the way I, I view the body, and I believe that as you guys progress in the prophetic, in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that you are going to become more comfortable with who and what you really are in Christ. And that process, some people struggle a lot. Actually, everybody struggles to some degree, okay? So don't, if you are in a struggle right now, like six weeks ago, some of you thought life was normal, life was good, and then the prophetic anointing comes into your life and starts identifying what you really are, and you become um, awakened to this war of something that tried to keep you locked, bound, uh, imprisoned, versus the Holy Spirit that's trying to equip you and and awaken you to this supernatural lifestyle. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that awakening um, here tonight and your relationship with this new identity. Amen? Say say it with me. I have a new identity in Christ. Christ. And I'm after what I truly am in heaven. heaven. Amen? So... Tonight, um, we're going to talk about the unveiling of sons and daughters of God. Amen? Because what you really are in Christ, what you are today is not going to look anything like what you really are in five or ten years from now as you pursue His voice and He begins to unveil and unveil and reveal what you really are. And you you know, I don't know if you know this, but we are actually born into an illusion. Most people, as they're growing up, they're born, they're, they're trying to discover who and what they really are. That's, that's probably one of the biggest elements of life, right? What am I? Where am I supposed to go? What is my calling? What is my purpose? And, um, you know, there's a glory aspect to understanding who and what you are truly in Christ, okay? Way back in Genesis 1, right, it says that Um, He made us in His image, right? We were made in His image, but something happens, right? The serpent comes up and begins to whisper in the ear of Eve, right? And when He whispered into the ear of Eve, He he says, um, has God indeed said, right? And that whispering created something. It changed the heart to such a degree that she had been given everything, but she literally was willing to step out of it because doubt was created in 
what she really was. She was a daughter of God walking in the garden with the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right? And when the Lord, when the Lord shows up on the scene, he, he basically looks at him and says, who in the world said you were naked? Who said that I didn't give you everything, that I didn't equip you, that I didn't clothe you, that I didn't make you everything you needed to be, right? And unfortunately, way more than needed throughout the church, throughout the world, there's a lot of people running around believing the whispering that somehow the Lord didn't equip them and give them everything they need. And the Lord is saying to you tonight, who said you were naked? Who said it? Because he didn't say it. He didn't say it to you. You see, when, when the Holy Ghost whispers to you, he awakens and unveils something that is supernatural. He presents sons and daughters to the world to walk in a glory, something that is magnificent. Amen? And you have this whispering voice of the serpent trying to get you to believe something that you're not, something that somehow the Lord held something back from you. Somehow the Lord actually did not give you everything that he promised to give sons and daughters. And so this deception Paul talks about in Ephesians 2, he talks about the, 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 the people of the world being blinded by the spirit of the age. They're being, they're being, uh, they have a veil over them, right? And so this veil is something that we have to learn how the Lord actually unveils a son or daughter. You see, if words... If whispering words from the time you were a child all the way up through your teenage years into your 20s, 30s, however old you are, if whispering words can cause you to be something false, I'm here to tell you that the true word, the true word of God, the vision of the Lord for your life can actually reveal what you really are in Christ. Amen? And so this whole thing, we've been talking about you being connected in the Holy Ghost, that there's nothing else more important than you and your relationship with the Spirit of God, because every son and daughter of God is born in the Spirit to hear the voice of God Almighty. Amen? It's not if, it's your frequency. It's not like, oh, he didn't talk to me like for the last two months. That's, that's, not, that's not the plan of the Lord. The plan of the Lord is that you would relate to Him all the time, right? And so, if the Lord, if, 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 if the serpent can whisper into your ear continuously and you believe it and you continue to believe it, I'm here to tell you that the voice of God can unravel and undo everything that the serpent did. And even if you don't have faith for yourself, I've got faith for you. Amen? Amen. I have faith for you because I know the power of the vision of Almighty God. Okay? You see, this unveiling is necessary for you to step into the true image of what you are. You see, your man was born in the image of God. The serpent comes and puts this cloak, this false identity. This they, The Bible calls it sin, but what it really is is a covering. It's this insignificance, this devaluing. Some, to some people, it's a depression. It's a worthlessness. It's, it's a hopelessness. It's something that you're not, okay? And the purpose of the prophetic is to properly identify what you really are. And many of you are called to do supernatural things. There's pastors under the sound of my voice. There are evangelists under the sound of my voice. There are prophetic anointings sitting right here under the sound of my voice. Amen? Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. It says that eternity is locked in the heart of man. And only the Lord, only the voice of God can unlock that identity. Only God himself, you see, you know what the definition of religion is? Even if you take the Bible on your own and you're trying to figure it out on your own, you know, you can't figure it out on your own. It's only by the Spirit of God. It says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And it's only the Spirit of God that can reach into the heart of a man, a woman, a son of God, a daughter of God, and unlock what you really are. Amen? And so... Romans says it like this. Paul says it like this in the book of Romans. Um, chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. 
For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You see, this word revealed is an interesting word. All of creation is waiting for the glory to be revealed. Amen? This word revealed has two connotations. It actually, one, one Greek meaning is the word klepto, meaning something has been stolen from. A false covering, a false identity has been put on. The other aspect of the word is the word apocalypto. Very close to the, to, uh, you've heard the term apocalypse, right? In the book of Revelation. It's the same, it's the, it's the same family of words. And what, what that actually means is to reveal, Okay? So in one hand, Paul is saying as a son of God who doesn't know who they are in Christ, who doesn't know their true identity, something has been stolen from you. It's been kleptoed, right? It has been taken. What you really are has been taken. Amen? And the other piece, apocalypto, is an unveiling, a revealing of what you really are. Amen? And this revealing is is a supernatural element that happens simultaneously with the breaking of the klepto, with the gl- breaking of the false that was put on you. Anybody, anybody um, grow up hearing uh, people in your family or outside of your family tell you you're never going to grow up, you're never going to do something, you're never going to do this, right? How many of you believe that? If you hear it year after year after year, it, it literally has reordered, it has defined you as something. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie from the devil because that's not, that's not the nature of the Father. That's not the nature of the Holy Spirit. The nature of the Holy Spirit is to reveal what you really are. Amen? And what you really are is something supernatural. Something supernatural. Turn to the person beside you and tell them, you are supernatural. <laughs> tell them again. Say, you are supernatural. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> You see, it all comes down to you having an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We've been talking a lot. I taught you the first four or five weeks or so about this outpouring, why Jesus came to equip you with the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that will lead you into all truth, right? The Holy Spirit speaks to you. He talks to you. And how do you connect with the Holy Spirit? What did, he, what did he give you to bypass all of your inabilities? You know that, that, that thing in Romans that we talked about? For when we do not know what to pray for as we ought, who makes intercession? The Holy Ghost, right? And so when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost actually draws the Father to speak to you. And when the Father speaks to you, the vision of the Lord is actually redefining you. You see, that equipping of the Holy Ghost actually bypasses all of your inadequacies. It bypasses all of your inabilities. It bypasses everything that religion puts on you and says, you have to achieve this, you have to follow this, you have to do these 10 things, and then maybe you'll get there, and then we're going to pile something else on you, and you have to do this, this, and this. And the Lord says, no, that's not my way. The Lord says, I give you the Holy Spirit, give it away. I give you the Holy Ghost, give it away. And when you actually embrace this free gift, this one who was sent to lead you into all truth, and you enter into your prayer room, right? Who who has changed their prayer life on a daily basis to pursue the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul? Amen? That's what this is about. Because when you actually embrace the gifting and the power of the Holy Spirit that was given to you, you can bypass all of the lies, all of the false identity, everything that was stolen from you, do you not think that the Lord would hammer on that thing until you actually are pulled out of that prison, pulled out of that broken place, pulled out of that, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, He leads you into all truth. He leads you into what you truly are in Christ. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. I'm pursuing you this week week. in the power of the Spirit. Spirit. I expect you to speak to me me. and unlock unlock who I really am in Christ. Christ. 
Amen? Amen. All right, see, this one, this, we talked about Jesus, the doorkeeper, right? He's the one, he's, he has the key of David. He opens doors that no man can close. He closes doors that no man can open. He takes you out of the wrong place, puts you into the right place. He takes you out of a false identity, puts you into who you really are. Amen? That's the power of the key. That's the power of the voice of God. And there's this man named Jeremiah. You ever hear Jeremiah? You see, the way Jeremiah was awakened in Christ was by the voice of God. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, he says, Behold, the Lord says, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Say, reorder. You see, when the Lord puts his word in your mouth, when he puts his vision in your mouth, there is a reordering. Not only is there a revealing of what you are, there is a pulling down, there is a breaking, there is a smashing of this false thing. And so the Lord says, he reveals that this reorder process has two aspects. It has the same thing that Paul said. I have to break the klepto. I have to break the thing that was stolen from you, the thing that the false identity that was painted on you, and I have to reveal what you really are. I have to reveal, right, the, apoc- the apocalypto, the revealing of the, of the true. And the Lord goes on in verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Wait a minute. What have we been talking about? Vi- the vision, right? What did Jesus what did Jesus do when he poured out the Holy Ghost? What did it restore? It restored visions, dreams, prophecy, not to just the clergy, not to just the priest, to the people. Jesus is the high priest. There is no priest, right? There, Jesus is the high priest. You go directly to the throne of God. Amen. And if you go directly to the throne of God, it is The access, the ability to hear, to have the vision, to have the prophecy, to have the dream. So, if you believe that, the strength of you hearing and seeing in the Spirit is what? It's you going to the place where He speaks. It's having the expectation that the Lord is going to speak to you. Amen? He's going to speak to you, man. He's going to speak to you. It's not like if he's going to speak to you. That's why Jesus tore the veil. He actually, he actually ripped it. He reaches back and pulls you and throws you into the Father's presence. But you know what? Most of the church is like this. Oh, I'm just going to stand back in the back and watch. Right? I'm just going to stand back. I don't know if this whole pray thing's for me. I don't know if this whole access thing's. He's, I'm insignificant. He doesn't want to talk to me. Right? But the Lord is saying, no, you're my sons and daughters. All of creation is groaning for you, the real you, to be revealed to the world. The world needs you. The world actually needs all of you to be awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost and what you truly are in Christ. What did the Lord say? All of creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons, and God, of, the sons of God. That you would be healed of all, all your brokenness, healed of all your false identities, Everything that was stolen. And, and then the revealing, the stepping into what you really are. The prophetic anointings. The apostolic anointings. People who are going to lay hands on the sick, see people get out of wheelchairs. Amen? That's you. Turn to the person beside you and say, that's you. That's you. It's not if, it's when, guys. You see... He says to Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah says, I see a branch of an almond tree. That's pretty simple vision. I mean, that's pretty basic. Some of you guys are already past that step, right? You're actually seeing in the Spirit the Lord doing things, and that's what's equipping you to prophesy, right? But this is basic. It's simple. This is how the Lord equips people in the prophetic Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? And Jeremiah goes, I see an almond branch. Whoa, right? And the Lord says, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Are you kidding me? 
What, did we, what have we been talking about over the last few weeks? The foundation scripture. I will give you the keys and whatever you bind on earth has already been released out of heaven. I will, whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed out of heaven. Okay, wait, that lines up with this scripture, right? That lines up. It says, I am ready. If I give you the vision, I am ready to perform it. So the issue is not, well, the Lord showed me something. I don't know if it's really going to happen. No, if the Lord gives you a vision, it has already been released. It came out of heaven. It's coming to you. And if it comes to you, you, when you release it, release heaven with what the vision is. Amen? You see, your faith is not in yourself. Your faith is in what the Lord shows you. And if the Lord shows it to you, He will execute it. It's not if. He will. It's not if. He will. you got to be convinced that what He shows you, He is going to release. Amen? And so, this is not just like, like I said, it's not just like a picture. Some people look at this and say, oh, I just, I don't know, you know, it's just a picture. No, it's, it's, it is a piece of heaven. Paul explains faith like this in Romans 10, 17. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word there is rhema. We've, we've been over this before, right? Faith comes by hearing. That means vision, dream, prophecy, word of knowledge, right? Those are all aspects of hearing in the spirit, Okay. And so when you hear, when you see the vision of the Lord, there is faith. Is faith just a frivolous thing? No, faith is a substance. Faith is a literal piece of heaven. So if He gives you a vision, you are literally, when you speak the vision, you are imparting heaven. It has nothing to do with Jimmy Joe or Bobby Sue. It has nothing to do with you. It has if you believe what He shows you and you speak, you are releasing a substance. Why do people weep and cry? You guys have been in here for weeks now, right? Do you think they just they get close to me and they feel, you know, I just have that impact on people? No, it's the presence of the Lord. There's a substance, right? The Word is breaking what's been stolen. What has the klepto, right? And it's unveiling what you really are. That's a pretty powerful ability, right? That's a lot different than just coming in, sitting down, singing three hymns, reading three scriptures, and out the door you go. That's a lot different. You see, when you actually in, step into the Spirit, you invoke, you believe, you trust in the Spirit enough that He is actually going to release a substance when you lay your hand on people. Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe, right? You will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Do you think that you, something special is just going to happen because you're doing it? No. You're actually in line with the Holy Ghost, right? And when you lay hand, there's an impartation. There's a substance. You are releasing the substance of heaven. And it is the work of the Spirit who's doing a supernatural work. Amen? So say this with me. Say, Jesus the doorkeeper. Speak and unlock my destiny. Unveil who I really am in Christ. Break the darkness. Break the things that keep me from hearing you. Break the things that keep me from believing you. And I will release your vision. Because I know you will execute your word. Amen. All right. So let me tell you a quick story about, I've told you a lot of stories over the last few weeks. Um, but I tell you these stories to raise your faith, right? You guys, many of you are starting to step in and do some pretty awesome things, right? You're, a lot of you are seeing visions, but the more you do it, the more faith builds, right? The more encounters you have with the Holy Spirit. When you, when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, is it, is it just a vision? Or is He imparting substance into you? 
He's imparting something to you. So how valuable is your prayer life? If there's substance coming out of heaven, it's like Lego blocks. He's, he's actually building you, right? How valuable is your personal relationship in hearing the Spirit? It all centers around you and the Holy Ghost in, in such a confident relationship that after He builds you, then He does something through you. Amen? You see, many of us go through years and years of personal deliverance where he breaks what was stolen, these false identities. There's no way. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years. And for the first five, you ask my wife, I was in a puddle of snot on the floor more than I was standing up and prophesying. I'm talking like the guy would start to preach. The, the prophet would start to prophesy and I'm laying on the floor, a puddle of snot. As he's ripping out what was false and revealing what I really was. Way before I got called to go to India, I was in a puddle of snot on the floor. So don't be afraid to search out the Lord and let him literally reform you, reorder you, rip out, tear down so that he can build and establish what you really are. You see, you can't do it alone. Religion is about you doing it alone. You're going through the routine. You stand up, sit down, sing another hymn, and out the door you go. That doesn't get you there. It's, it's in the hearing. It's in the reordering, the ripping out of, of that old thing that you believe you're naked, and suddenly you start to walk differently. You actually start to sound like the Lord, and you say, who said I was naked? I'm not naked, Right? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm in the power of the Holy Ghost. I can hear the voice of the Lord. I am not alone. And you start to sense the whisperer, that serpent that slithers up and whispers in your ear. And the difference between people who know who they are and those who don't know who they are, the people who don't know who they are always revert back to the hopelessness, to the depression, to the pain, to the imprisonment. But those who have heard the Lord and had an experience with the Lord, they begin to fight. You see, the war never stops. I go through stuff. I'll go through a series where I'll have something come on me and start to, to confront me in a manner that um, I have to literally rise up and fight. It's like for a minute there, you think, oh man, life's getting good, man. All I have to do is go back to the church, do my ministry thing, the prophecy thing, the church thing, go to India here, do this, do that. And no, something slithers up behind you and starts whispering in your ear. And suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, I'm back in the fight, baby. And you got to turn around and you have to grab that snake by the head and says, no, I'm not that old thing. The Lord says, this is what I am. Amen. And when you begin to fight and grab hold of what you really are according to the prophecies and the dreams and the visions. Paul told Timothy like this. He says, he says believe in the prophetic words spoken over you for not only uh, you, but the people that the Lord puts in your care are under the power of your belief of what the Lord says you are. Right? And so... I'm telling you this because don't be afraid of the war that has been awoken in some of you, okay? The war that's been awoken in some of you is a product of the vision, the dream, the prophecy actually rooting out the old, exposing the lie, and empowering and awakening you to believe what you really are, okay? I was in, uh, I was in um, Arkansas a few years ago. And um, this guy brought me in. It's about a 300-person church. And all he wanted me to do was prophesy over, over the people. He said, when we start, you can, you can go way past midnight, do whatever you need to do, right? And so I start prophesying. I'm, I'm there for a couple hours. And uh, in the back row, I could see this girl. She's probably in her mid-20s. She's sobbing. She's crying. And um, every time I pick somebody out and I'm ministering, I'm doing certain things, she's just weeping, man. The presence of the Lord was, was on her and she, she's weeping. And uh, I walk back the aisle and I start, I, sp I start to speak to her. And all the Lord showed me was a man in prison. And so 
I start to talk, tell her the vision. I said, I don't know what this means to you, but I see a man in prison. And as soon as I said, I see a man behind bars in prison, ah, she falls on the floor. She's shaking in the presence of God. She's crying. Ah. And uh, she gets herself together. We get back up and she goes, my boyfriend has been in prison. My boyfriend's in prison. We're supposed to get married. And he did some bad stuff. And he's in prison. And I started to prophesy that the Lord was going to miraculously open her, the prison door for her boyfriend because the Lord had a call of God on his life, that he was going to be a preacher, that he was going to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. I leave. Don't think anything about it. The guy from the church calls me. He says, hey, I want you to come back a month later. I think it was December 2018. I go back into this church and uh, there's a big guy. In the back row, baseball cap, about 25 years old. I'm talking like 6'4", 300 pounds. This big dude. He's sitting beside her. And I'm preaching. And there's tears running down his face. The whole time I'm preaching, there's tears running down this guy's face. And I stopped. I walked back. And as soon as I, I walk back, this guy stands up, right? And he says, I'm that guy. He literally, the word that I gave her... She told him, and he says, I believe I'm called by the Lord Jesus to preach the gospel. I laid my hand on him. He goes out in the spirit. Within two months, he's preaching. I'm talking fire on the Holy Ghost. He's having visions. He's prophesying over people. He's laying hands. He's in charge of the youth. He's preaching in this church in Arkansas. And it's, I'm like, it's, that's crazy, right? How does the Lord do that? You see, you can have an encounter with the Lord that is so profound that He literally reorders you instantly. And you, people want to ask me, why do you pray? Why do you, what, what is in you? What drives you to pray? Because I know that one night, one moment can change a person. One moment. Can a, can, can, can a woman get pregnant in one night? Okay. You can have an encounter with the Holy Ghost that totally changes who you are. Your perception of what you are, it can rip out that wrong thing, that old thing. You see, that guy was so, he was so angry at life. He was into some bad, bad stuff. But the call of God on his life was so strong, somehow the judge said, I'm giving you a pass I don't know why, but I'm giving you a pass. The guy gets literally let out of prison, and within weeks, he's stepping into a prophetic calling. He's, pre he's praying over people. He's prophesying. He's doing supernatural things in a matter of weeks. How does that happen? Substance. And I didn't even speak to, her direct, to him directly. I spoke to her. I spoke to her, she relayed what I said, and he comes in and he says, that's me. Inside, there was something burning in him, and, for, and many of you are in this same exact situation. You're angry at life, you're in pain, you're depressed, and a lot of it you're blaming on the devil and the world, but a lot of it's because you don't know who and exactly what you are. There's something locked inside of you that only the direct voice of God can literally open up that prison door, get you out, put you in the right place at the right time with the right message, with the right anointing to do a supernatural work. Amen? That's a pretty crazy story. That even gets me pumped up, right? I mean, that's crazy. You see, that when I look at you, that's what I see. I see people that literally have accepted this lie, this false identity, that, and many of you are just willing to come in on Sunday morning, sit here like this, put your hands up a little bit, say a couple words, da-da-da, and out the door you go. And that's really not what the Lord is calling you to. He's calling you to a deep relationship to hear His voice so that He can reorder you, define what you, what you truly are, and make you supernatural, awaken you, to trust in His voice. A person who trusts in the simplicity of the Holy Ghost is a force. You're a force. You, go, you can go into nations by yourself. You can go into cities by yourself and know that the Lord is going to do a supernatural work. Amen? But it all comes down to your heart thirsting after Him like He thirsts after you. Do you know that He's thirsting after you right now? 
You see, a lot of people don't pray because you think it's all about you. You think, well, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. You know, those are excuses. Those are literally excuses because he paid a price for you. He paid it all for you. And he did all that to tear the veil so that you could rest and sit in his presence to hear him, to be redefined, to properly be identified. Amen? You okay? Everybody okay? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you about an encounter I had. I was taken to heaven. I was in, I was in Cape, Cape Town, South Africa in 2011. And we had an off day in the afternoon one day. And uh, the guy that I was with, um, he said, let's go to Table Mountain. Table Mountain is one of the seven wonders of the world. It literally... Um, the ocean, from, from the ocean in, in South Africa, it literally shoots up over, over a mile high, okay? Straight up out of the ocean. It's pretty awesome. And I'm like, all right, I'll go up. You get up there, and you're looking out over the, over the city and, and everything. And um, that night, we went after our ministry, this young kid, 17 years old, walks up to me, and he says, I had a vision of you. I said, I, he goes, I saw you on Table Mountain. And I'm like, I was just on Table Mountain. <laughs> He's speaking to me, right? He's speaking to me. And he says, I saw you on Table Mountain. And you were on the edge. Most people would be afraid of being that close to the edge. He says, but you're not afraid. And he says, I see you putting your arms out. And at first you fall off. And it looks like you're going to fall down. But suddenly you take flight. And when you take flight, not only do you fly in the sky, but you ascend into heaven. The Lord is calling you to a visitation. And I'm like, this kid's only 17. This kid's only 17. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, cry I'm like crying. I'm like, man, I can feel it, man. I can, like inside of me, something like, like turned. I'm like, I'm going. I have an appointment with the Almighty. I have an appointment with the King of Kings. I know something's going to happen. When I got off that plane, when I returned and I got off that plane, I, when I say knocked on heaven's door, the Holy Spirit took me to a scripture in, in uh, Hebrews 10 that talks about come boldly to the throne of grace. And I said, Lord, you said you give me permission to come boldly to the throne of grace. And I would pray that and pray that and pray that. And several weeks later, I go down, I put my coffee down, normal every day, 5.30 in the morning. I sit down and all of a sudden, I mean, I am in, a, I am in a, a, a place in the spirit that I can't explain. All of a sudden, these two, I'll, I'll describe them as angelic men. They were bronze. Um, they had wings on their back, uh, wings on their legs. And they had these big coffee-colored eyes. Like, I'll never forget them. They, they, they were like mirrors. And they grabbed me. It was like they reached into me and grabbed me out of my body and I'm like, all of a sudden, I open my eyes, and they have me at, at this gate. It's not the main gate of heaven. It's like a side door. It's like a secret side door. And they push the door open. They take me in, and the glory of God is so heavy. As soon as they let go of me, I'm face down on the ground. And I, I, they point me in this direction where there's this like immense light. And they said, they said, you have to get to the throne. Whatever it takes, you have to get to the throne. And I'm on my belly at, at the wall inside, but I'm not there. And I'm belly crawling in, in this experience. I'm belly crawling on this gold floor. And I finally get to this place where the crowns are piled up in front of the throne. I start uh, climbing up over the, the, uh, the crowns. And as soon as I get to the top, I see this, I see Christ as a lion. Did you ever see a lion early in the morning when it's marking its territory and it's doing that? And the steam's coming out of its mouth and he's, he's, he's just marking his territory. He's, that's what I saw in heaven. I saw Christ making this, this, this uh, sound like he was marking his territory. And as I'm watching this, these two angelic creatures came back and grabbed me. And I look up and um, you know how in the Bible it describes a whirlwind around the throne? 
What I saw were layers of these creatures flying in a circle. And it was layer upon layer upon layer. There were thousands upon thousands of these angels flying in a circle. And they were going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Only it wasn't like that. It was like dominant. And so these, these, these two angels, they literally take, take me up and I'm in formation with these angels. And I'm, I'm watching and listening to these angels. They're going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let the whole earth be filled with this glory. And they're going, say it. And I'm going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let the whole earth be filled with your glory. And the more I said it and the more emphasis I put into it, it's like, it was like I lost. I don't know how long I was there. All I can tell you is it was so profound that it was like I was in a dream in the experience, okay? And suddenly, this, this uh, angel from the place where Jesus was down below, I see it flying up towards me, and he says he wants to speak to you. And all of a sudden, these two angels grab a hold of me, take me down, and stand me in front of the lion. And he says these words. He says, tell my people that if they believe my word, they will experience their portion. And he breathed on me. And when he breathed on me, it was like, whew. All of a sudden, I'm back. I'm back in my prayer room. And I looked at the clock. It was 7.30. I was gone for two hours. And you can say, the guy's crazy. I don't know about that. That's kind of over the edge. But all I'm going to tell you is, I know what I know. And after that was imparted to me, after there was a substance that was given to me, you could stand up a hundred people and I could prophesy over a hundred people because I had faith where the people around me didn't have faith. Okay? So when I say I have faith for you, I have faith for you. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you are the greatest sinner. I don't care if you are hopeless in despair. I have faith for you because I know when he speaks to you and he gives me a vision, there's something going to change in your life. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, I need to emphasize this point to you. He says, tell my people. That's you, right? You're all believers. You're all Christians. You're all professing Jesus Christ is Lord, right? I'm here to tell you this, that if you believe in his word, his vision, his dream, the, the prophetic encounter, if you believe there is a portion for you, there is an inheritance Right? And inheritance is about what you really are. You see, Israel was bound in, in, uh, in Egypt, slaves. And they weren't supposed to be slaves. They were supposed to rule in a land where the Lord had called them. Right? And that's a picture that many, many people in the church are bound in the wrong place and a wrong identity, willing to accept something less than what they really are. And the Lord has this inheritance for you. And he's telling you here tonight, there's a greater inheritance. There's a greater portion. You, see, you know, the Bible says this. It says that, that uh, Jesus was given unlimited grace, but you're not. And I've heard a lot of teachings say that, well, you only get a piece and you just have to live with what you got. That, can I tell you that's a lie? The reason I pursue him, the reason I thirst after him, the reason I knock on his door to hear him every day is because I know there's more grace, there's more glory, there's glory after glory after glory, there's grace after grace after grace, there's equipping. He's ripping out, he's continuing to rip out old identities, false things, lies, and he's building greater and greater versions of me. Amen? Is he building you? Come on, what did, what, what's he spoke to you this week? What did he speak to you this month? Is he building you? You see, as he builds you, there's, an, there's a substance that's imparted to you. And when that substance is imparted to you, it not only reorders you, but equips you to give something more away. The more you get, the more you give. Amen? Look at the person beside you and tell them, first he does it to you, then he does it through you. Amen. First he does it to you, then he does it through you. But see, you have to be convinced. 
You have to be absolutely convinced that when he speaks, just like he spoke to Jeremiah, that he is well able to execute the vision. Tell your neighbor, say, he's well able to execute the vision. So don't be nervous. <laughs> Amen. Don't be nervous. Nervous has nothing to do with it. It's the unction. Whenever you feel that unction, he gives you a vision. It's like, I've given it. I'm speaking it. I'm releasing it because he is well able. He is ready. He's waiting for you to speak it, right? What happens when the Lord spoke in Genesis 1? He speaks into the darkness and what happened? The darkness could not stop the light. That's the way it's described in John 1. The darkness could not stop the prophetic. The darkness could not stop the vision. The darkness is at the mercy of the vision. The the darkness is at the mercy of the vision. Amen? You serve the most powerful God in the universe. He He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. There is nothing He can't do. Nothing. Nothing He cannot do. But you have to be convinced in the vision of the Holy Ghost. Paul says at the end of Romans, he says, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor demon, nor power, nor principality, nor anything present, anything future shall separate me. He's absolutely convinced in the work of Christ and the ability of Christ, right? And so I just want to take you through some understanding of the word, the word vision and and what exactly it means. I'll quickly run through this. And then we'll begin to pray. Hebrews 2.14 says, He also Himself likewise took part of the same, that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. The word power there is the word kratos. Do you know that Satan has power in his words, right? The whispering serpent. The word kratos means the power of spoken words. Okay? So the devil has a kratos. The devil has an ability to put a false identity on you. He has an ability to falsely um, identify you in a way that you perceive you're naked, that you don't know what you've been given in Christ. Okay? So the word kratos is important. And the word kratos is, is, is closely connected to the word rhema, the spoken word of God. Okay? And so when the spoken word of God is released, there is a kratos of the word of God. And so, who's stronger? You see, this might be a tricky word for many of you, a tricky question, but it's very simple. And you may say, well, this, this is, this, this, what's the meaning? Why would you ask us who's stronger, God or Satan? Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> who's stronger, Satan or Christ? Christ. Who's stronger, Satan or Christ? Christ? So if the serpent's whispering into your ear, Who has a stronger word? Christ. So why would you perceive you are naked? Why would you actually let yourself come under depression? Why would you let yourself be perceived unable, unqualified? When the Lord says, I will speak to you and what I speak to you, I am well ready to execute. It will reorder. It will destroy the old. It will destroy the wrong thing. And it will equip you to actually build Not only build yourself, but build those around you, right? That's the power. That's the power of a son or a daughter knowing that who they are in Christ. You've been apocalyptoed. You've been revealed. You've been unveiled to the world, right? Have you been unveiled? Do you fight like that? You see, a person who knows who they are in Christ This scripture, Luke 10, 19, says this. It says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the supernatural power of the enemy. The word power there is the word dunamis. So the word dunamis means dynamite, right? So the devil, when he whispers, has a dynamite. You know what depression is? You know what pain is? You know what hate and anger is? That is the victim. That is the ooze. That is the substance of the whispering serpent, right? And so you having authority, do you know you have authority? Behold, I give you authority. So if you have authority and you have his word, do you sit there and take? 
Do you take the, 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 the depression? Do you take the brokenness? Do you take the shame? Do you take the inability? Or do you grab hold of the vision and begin to release his vision over your life? I have, my wife will tell you, I probably have 150 typed word, uh, 100, 150 type pages of encounters and things the Lord has said to me and things that are still yet to come that I will get out on a weekly basis and I will just start declaring over my life, over my wife, over my children because the Lord said it. And what the Lord said will come to pass. And not only will it come to pass, but it equips me to fight when that whispering serpent is saying, you're never going to do that. You're never going to step into that. You're never going to become this. You're always going to be depressed and feel worthless and broken. That's a lie, man. That's a lie from the devil. And so Paul said this. Paul said this in Ephesians 1, verse 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and, the, and, and revelation in the knowledge, meaning no, that's a verb, in the, in the knowing of Christ. He may give you wisdom and revelation in knowing Christ, interacting with Him, hearing from Him, actually receiving His substance, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling. Look at the person beside you and say, you have a calling. Have a calling. Not only do you have a gift, but you have a calling. You have a purpose. And the Holy Ghost is going to unlock it. Amen. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power? His dunamis. The Lord has dunamis. The Lord has dynamite power in His words, right? To us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. The word mighty power, there's the word kratos, the word, the power of the spoken word. So the, the, so the serpent actually whispers and puts this ooze on you. You're not this. You're always broken. You're always painful. You're always that. But if you hear the vision of the Lord, the prophecy, the vision, the encounter, he has, His Word has Kratos power that is more powerful than the enemy. You with me? Are you with me? So the most delicate part as a growing Christian is not what you feel, the ooze, the dunamis of the evil one. It is believing unto salvation that what the Lord said you are and how He is unveiling you and how He is processing you, those words that he is, he is speaking to you are actually breaking apart, tearing down that old false identity and revealing what you really are. Amen? And he goes on to say, when he raised Him from the dead and set Him in His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, might and dominion, that actually means demonic exousia, demonic authority, demonic dunamis, the dynamite, and the demonic kratos. So the power of Christ is greater than the devil's words, the devil's dynamite, and the devil's authority. Right? Because Jesus actually went into hell. He took the keys. He has the keys of life and death. He holds all keys. He has all authority. Satan has no authority, and so Jesus has all authority. That's what Revelation 1 says, right? You guys know that, right? You know that, right? Jesus has all authority. And if he says, I will give you the keys, if Jesus has all the keys of life and all the keys of death, Jesus holds all the cards. He holds all the power. And so if you go to Christ and get keys, Jesus said, I will give you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth has already been released out of heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been released. If he's given you all authority, all ability to hear and see in the spirit, and you actually just have to speak what he says, can it be that simple? Can it be that simple that Satan's authority, you take it back? You in your own life, you see what you conquer in your life, you then learn to walk in an authority that you can release the anointing of the Holy Spirit that equips others around you to conquer. Amen? And that exousia, that authority that Satan has is under your foot. If it's under Christ's foot and you're in Christ, it's under your foot. Right? The dunamis, that feeling, even though you feel that ooze, that depression, that anger, that hopeless feeling, even though that's real, the power of what Christ says, that, word, that Kratos word, that power actually has ability to crush the enemy. 
Did somebody say you were naked here tonight? Come on, man. Who said you're naked? Look at your neighbor and ask him, who said you were naked? Because the Lord Jesus Christ didn't say you were naked. He has books written of you. He has a full new identity written in heaven of you that is waiting to be unveiled on earth. He's waiting for you to either hear it yourself or to hear it through the friends and the people around you through the prophetic anointing, right? You guys okay? Did somebody convince you to not pray in the Spirit to get a vision today? Did somebody convince you that you don't really need to, to, to pursue the Lord this week, pray in the Holy Ghost, because the Lord has something to equip you with and pray for you and build you up? Did somebody convince you that there's no need to actually do that? Come on, man, you with me? You see, it's, it's all in your court. If you believe what I just told you over the last hour, all authority, all ability is in you and your prayer life. Amen? Can't be that simple, can it? How many of you guys were here last Sunday? Do you remember uh, the, the lady that I called out of the audience, Holly? Do you remember her? I gave her the prophecy. I laid my hand on her. And she was trembling. She was weeping. She says they were looking for churches apparently for a long time. And she's on her way here, and she says, I prayed to the Lord, please speak to me. I have to hear you today. And normally, I don't do this, right, in, in regular church. But I felt this unction. I had, I, had to, I had to, Barb jumps up after Bill talks. Barb jumps up, and she starts opening this, this prophetic gate. And I'm like, all right, I have to do this. And so she's a first-timer in the, in the house, Right? She's a first-timer that on her way here said, I need to hear the voice. I need to hear you speak to me, Lord. And so people might say, well, well that's a first-timer, right? That's somebody that I don't, I don't know if it's the right time, the right place for that to happen. Let me give you a scripture here, and then we're going to pray. 1 Corinthians 14.22, because it's important that you understand where the supernatural is, is connected and positioned in, in, your, in your purpose, in your intent, in your calling, okay? And how it functions in a church. 1 Corinthians 14, starting with verse 22. Therefore, tongues are a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Okay, so most of you pray in tongues. There are some people here that do not pray in tongues. Those who do not pray in tongues, I'm sure... Maybe you've never heard tongues. So if you hear somebody pray in tongues, it's like, whoa, what is that, right? It's a sign. It's a sign to the unbeliever, okay? And he goes on to say, but prophesying is not for unbelievers. It's for, the, for believers. I've heard guys teach this and say, well, that's, be, that's why you should not prophesy in church. What that really means is that those who are equipped to prophesy should prophesy, if there's a tongue given, it's actually a supernatural sign. If there's prophecy given, it too is supernatural. It doesn't mean not do it. It actually means to prophesy. Okay? Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Right? Probably. Probably. But you have to trust. Can I tell you a story? When I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling everybody, man. I mean, I'm running that through the chemical plant. I'm telling everybody Jesus Christ is alive. He's supernatural. He speaks. He does supernatural things. And I called my brother, my one brother. He goes, I'm coming. I'm coming down. I believe it. We get in. We get into the church, right? He's, I'm only like three weeks into believing, okay? Into being awakened in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, after worship, this guy begins to speak in tongues, and another guy stands up and interprets the meaning of the tongue. I look over at my brother. He's face down on the floor, shaking, and tears are running down his face. He's undone in the Holy Ghost because the sign and the supernatural gift of tongues actually imparted something to him 
supernaturally. It can't be explained. It was a sign. It bore witness in his spirit. He's on his face full of, you know, he's, he's not everywhere. He's crying, undone in the Holy Ghost. And it was just crazy, man. It was like, oh my gosh, the revelation that there can be an impartation of the spirit when somebody prays in tongues. Amen. Verse 24, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. You know what that word means? Apocalypto. Apocalypto. The unveiling, the unveiling of sons and daughters happens in the gift of the prophetic, right? So Holly comes in. She had to hear from God. Maybe this, maybe, maybe this was just going to be another church they tried out. But somehow, when she said, I need to hear from God, and I couldn't sit still back there after Barb gets up and prays, and I run up here and grab the mic, and I spoke to her. I gave her the vision of the Lord that there's a call of God on her life. She starts to shake and tremble. The Spirit was bearing witness in her, right? And so there's a place where the supernatural is actually used, Paul is actually saying you have to use the supernatural. He's saying prophecy is actually a part of the church that you cannot do on your own. That the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit are actually the Spirit speaking directly into the hearts of men. People fall down on their face. They weep. How many people have you seen here over the last month fall down, weeping, crying, right? They start to shake. They're crying like, my goodness, you knew something in me. That's real. God, there was a bearing of witness with the Holy Ghost that they came in one way and they leave another. Amen? You see, that's something that the average man cannot do. That's, that's something that church without the Holy Ghost cannot do. How many people do you think will come to church tomorrow morning wanting to hear God, but they're going to walk into churches all around this city and not actually be struck with the sword of the Spirit and be convicted and changed and know that Jesus has a plan for their life? Tomorrow morning, you're going to go into church. I want you to do this. I want you to pray tonight. I want you to pray tonight, I want you to pray tomorrow morning and ask the Lord for a vision of a person that He wants to speak to and a vision that you will actually speak into their life that's going to change your life. Will you do that? And you don't have to call them up here in front of the church or anything like that, but before they leave, as you walk into the church, whatever church you go to, I want you to hear the Lord and practice the gifts of the Spirit because I guarantee you, if you say there's nobody in this church that actually needs to hear God, you're a liar. You don't know that the, the, how desperate the heart of man really is. When I learned how desperate the heart of man really is, I would literally, I'd run into church, I'd be praying in the Holy Ghost an hour before service. The, the worship team would be fi you know, firing things up and I'd wait and they would start worship. I'd be in the back and all of a sudden, I would see a light shine on a person, and the Lord would give me a vision. I'd see another person over here. And before the, end of serve, before the end of worship, I would have five people, four people, sometimes eight people. And I'd say, hey, man, I've, uh, the Lord has a specific word for you. Some of them would begin weeping as soon as I told them, right? And a lot of them, I'd wait till after service. Some of them, my pastor would give me the mic and let me do it during service. Sometimes our services went completely prophetic. But here's the deal, guys. There are people all around this city in desperate need to hear the word of the Lord, to hear the voice of God to change their life. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. give me a vision, me a vision. For, somebody for somebody in the next 24 hours, next 24 hours. that will reveal who they are what they are, what they are. Or, deliver or deliver them from a dark thing. A dark thing. Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me a vision, me a vision. For, a for a person in this city that will open the prison door, the prison door. 
Just like that guy in Arkansas. There's preachers in this city in prison. There's prophetic people in this city in prison. We need to get them out. Holy Ghost, give me a vision. And I'll do it. Because I know you are ready to execute your word. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Come on. Can you feel there's a there's a burning call on many of your lives in a way that you have for 10, 20, 30 years plus going to church in a powerless expectation, a powerless form, a powerless religious routine that has no life in it. And there's callings. There are people in a, in a burden. There are people in desperate need for you to drive out a demon, for you to speak a word and awaken that prisoner because he's a preacher. Awaken that woman because she's a caretaker. She's, she, she's sitting at home thinking she's worthless, but she's actually a caretaker in an orphanage. She's a school teacher. She's actually some, somebody called to do a supernatural work. And the Holy Ghost is here tonight saying, I'm depending on you to make yourself available. I'm depending on you to hear my voice. Because if they don't hear my voice, how will they ever hear me? Right? How, how will they ever be fully believe? You see, the churches are littered with people that have one foot in and one foot out. They kind of believe, but they haven't been like super transformed. Amen? Amen? They haven't been transformed by something that literally reached in and broke that old, dark, bad identity off of them and established them in what they really are in Christ. Amen? Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.